Welcome to Christchurch Manchester Sermon Podcast. We are one church that meets in various locations across Greater Manchester. For more information about who we are or where we meet, please visit www.christchurchmanchester.com. Today I get to talk about grace, which has got to be the best topic in the world. Um, so Peter, jump over to the first slide. Um, I wonder what jumps to your mind um, when we say the word grace, or maybe what jumps to our culture's mind. Um, grace is it's one of those words that it often is used a lot in church, but maybe isn't used um, so much um, in the sense that we mean it as Christians. Um, people might, think about it, you say, oh, well, we say grace before eating food, don't we? Um, well, what does that mean? I don't know. Um, we... Maybe think about somebody being very graceful, maybe in the way they speak or the way they, they, they talk and interact with people. They're very graceful. Um, but, but what actually does grace mean? Um, I've spent a bit of time kind of thinking about this um, as I've been reading through the passage that we're going to be looking at today in Ephesians 2. And my, my summary or my tagline, um, if you go to the next slide, is this. It's that all that matters is safe. <clears throat> I wonder what matters to you. What, what have you had going through your head and your hearts this past week? What have you spent time and energy thinking about? Um, how would you feel if you knew that everything that truly mattered was completely and utterly safe? Because that's what the Bible's claim about grace is. Um, that we are safe in God's hands because of his grace. Um, we're going to delve into that um, and in a second, I'm going, to, I'm going to read the passage. But before I do that, I'll pray and just ask that God would be teaching us and we'd be hearing his spirit um, and hearing what he has to say to us. So, Father, we ask that you would be present here with your spirit. You're very welcome. Um, and we ask that uh, for all of us, wherever we're at, uh, whatever we've brought to um, this morning, whatever's going on in our lives, you would um, just touch us and speak to us and help us to understand something more of the beauty and wonder of your grace. Amen. Great. So the passage goes, As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature, objects of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ. Even when we were dead in our transgressions, it's by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it's by grace you have been saved, through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it's the gift of God. Not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God has prepared in advance for us to do. So we're going to delve into five different 
areas um, in this passage. I'm going to talk about how grace rescues us out of death, how grace makes us alive, how grace shows us who, who God is, how grace is something that we, we can't earn and we can't buy, and, and how it has an impact on the whole of our lives and the way we live. Um, so without further ado, let's jump on in. Um, and grace rescues us from death. I thought the best way to, to start off this morning was with a little game, which I like to call Dead or Alive. Okay? And the question's on the screen. I'm going to show you some photos, and I want you to, we'll just do a quick hand, show of hands, is it dead or is it alive? Okay? Oh. Let's go to the first one. <laughs> is it alive? Yeah? Oh, I think that's a fair, fair assumption there. Next one. Dead or alive? Alive, yep, good. Next one. Dead. Dead, yes. I think you're getting the hang of this, guys. You're doing very, very well here. <laughs> what about the next one? Dead. 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 Yeah, if anybody's interested in the history, that's Emperor Hadrian who built the wall up on the border of Scotland. So it's also a marble statue. So whichever way you take it, it's definitely dead. Next one. Yeah. Bit tricky. De- I, I'm going with dead. I don't think beetles usually lie on their backs for the fun of it, um, gazing at the stars, admiring the universe. Um, so, yeah, we'll go with dead. <laughs> Next one. <laughs> alive? Yeah? <laughs> we, all, we all happy alive? Uh, I think there's one more. <laughs> dead, yeah. Dead and desiccated camel out in the desert. I think... Um, so, very, very well done. I think most people scored 100% there. Um, the, the point I wanted to make, if you go to the next slide, is that death and life in, in the natural realm, are, they're, they're very, very, usually very obvious between the difference between them, yeah? We know when something's dead. We know when something's alive. Okay, there might be some things that kind of trick us in there, but um, on the whole, we, we know whether something is dead or alive. Um, and it's exactly the same in the spiritual world, um, we, uh, as beings, and the, the passage says it, it's where it starts off. Um, as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins. Um, and, and basically the Bible's claim is that without God, without God's grace, we are like that dead and desiccated camel. Um, and there's nothing that that camel can do to bring it. It's not going to stand back up on its feet. Um, it's not going to hop up and walk away. Um, if you just put that photo up again, Pete. Um, the yeah, or go to the next. It was on the next slide, but yeah, the um, that that camel is it, it's not going anywhere. It's very very dead, um, and without without God, that's where we stand. Um, that's who we are, and and it, it is a really maybe harsh way to start the talk or a harsh way to jump in on. But without understanding where grace rescues us from, how can we understand the beauty and the wonder of, of God's grace? Um, we, we, need, we need that. We need, we need God to rescue us. There's nothing that we can do by ourselves. Um, and, and if you flip back on again to the passages, um, it talks about all of us living along, among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh, Following its desires and thoughts, like the rest, we're by nature deserving of wrath. That's where we are without God. Um, and, and it's not just, I'm not saying, picking, kind of pointing out a few people saying, you're dead and you're alive. This is where everybody starts. Without God, we are all like that dead camel. There's nothing we can do. Um, and that's where God's grace comes in, because God's grace offers us, rescues us out of that and makes us alive. 
Um, and I wonder where you're at today, this morning. Um, are you sitting there thinking, you know what, I'm, I'm alive, I know God, it's great. Um, or maybe you're thinking, you know what, I don't, I, I don't know this grace. I've, I've not heard this grace. Um, and, and we're going to go on and talk about the wonder of grace in a minute. But, but if that is you, please listen in. Please hear what I'm saying about who God is and what his grace offers us. Um, there's going to be an opportunity towards the end um, to, to pray uh, maybe with the people who sat around you or if you want to. I'm, I'd love to pray with you and pray that God will reveal his grace to you and rescue you out of that place of death. Um, yeah, let's jump on. So God's grace rescues us from death, but it makes us alive. He doesn't leave us in death. He makes us alive. Um, and yet, next one. The, like that beautiful tree full of blossom. Um, alive means so many things. I, I love the word. It, like, it implies growing. It implies beauty. It implies transformation. Um, it's not just, a, oh, great, I'm alive, happy days, done, done and dusted. No, I, I, actually, we go through seasons and, and we change, even like the trees do around us, um, displaying all sorts of different beauty that leads to, leads to wonder. Um, and I was trying to think about how, how do you talk about God's grace making us alive? Um, and I've come up with some, some stories that maybe illustrate it a little bit. Um, so imagine that you're, you're somebody desperate for a relationship, um, you can, yeah, next one. Um, and you're, you, you're just, you're really lonely and you're lost. Um, and you spend your days just thinking, I wish that other person was there um, who I could share my life with. Um, and then one day out of the blue, you get an invitation to a wedding. Um, and you go along to the wedding to suddenly find that actually you're the bride. Um, you're the one who, who this whole party is about. Um, and not only do you get this party, but you have somebody who's there saying, I love you more than I love myself. I love you to the end of our lives and beyond. Or maybe you're somebody who's spent years looking for a job and you're just trying to make, uh, make it work out, but you've never really been able to hold anything down. Um, it's never really been the right fit for you. Um, and then one day as you're walking along through the street, somebody bumps into you and says, oh, you, you, wait, come here, come here. And, and, and they, they look at you, you're exactly the person that I want for my company. I, I, can you start work on Monday? Oh, so a bit baffled, you go along on Monday, and, and they say, you're exact, it's your skill set, that's exactly what I've been looking for. And you discover the position that they've got for you is the position of CEO. Um, and with all of the prestige and the respect um, and the, the money and everything that comes with that, and suddenly you realize you've landed where you're meant to be. Or maybe, flick on another couple, um, the, um, you've been working really hard to uh, make ends meet and take care of your family. Um, you've got um, young kids and, and you, you work 10, 12, 14 hour days um, just to kind of put food on the table. And every night when you're, when you're doing that, you, uh, you're thinking about the next night. I think, well, I managed to get the food for tomorrow. Um, and then out of the blue, you hear you've been given an, an inheritance. Um, and when you go along to find out more about it, you discover it's not just a couple hundred quid or even a few grand, but it, it equates to a million pounds a year um, and comes with a number of large houses, and, and you realize that you're made for life and, and that all of those worries that you've carried with you and have weighed you down so much are no longer there because you don't have to worry about your family anymore. You've got everything you need for them. Or maybe, and this is, this is maybe strikes close to home. You're, you're dead and lost and broken um, and family-less. Family um, 
And, and God says, I want you to be my son. I want you to belong to my family. And I will love you for the rest of your life for in the deepest way you could possibly imagine. I will always be there for you. And not only do I love you and I make you my son, but I'm giving you an inheritance. And your inheritance is to rule over this world along with me and rule over eternity with me. And that's just a little bit of what grace is. Grace is just a hint towards that. If you put the passage up. Because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, has made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in our transgressions. It's by grace you've been saved. God, who's rich in mercy, has made us alive. That's where God rescues us from. He rescues us from those places and gives us that grace. And we suddenly, all that matters is safe. Because it doesn't depend on us. And he's already done it. He's rescues us into life. Um, and we belong to him. We're his adopted children. Now, I don't know, maybe one of those stories that I kind of used to illustrate it struck you a bit. And you thought, oh, that's me. I, I want that relationship. Or oh, I've really been looking for that job. Or you know what? A tenner would do me really good right now. Forget a million pounds. Um, and and that's, there's a reality. Those are things that God has made us to need. Um, they're things that we, we, we do need. We need food. We need um, relationship. Um, but they're things that point us towards the deeper need that we have. Um, God's grace, which takes us out of that place of, of death and brokenness and brings us into that place of life. Um, and, and the Bible's challenge to us um, is, is to, to celebrate those longings, to say those are good things to want, good things to need but to look beyond the needs themselves and look at the giver. Um, because grace says all that matters is safe. All that we need. Um, and this world is hard. Um, there's, there's no kind of cutting the corner there. The Bible's very honest about that. You look at Job, have a conversation with him and see whether um, he thought life was easy. Um, there are difficult things to happen. And actually... Jesus, calls, in calling us to follow him, often asks us to step into those difficult things. Um, but what he invites us to is to look beyond the immediate things around us, to look to the grace that God's given us, and to know that everything that matters is safe. Um, God raised us up with Christ, seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. We've been rescued from death, brought to this place of life, and then seated with Christ in the heavenly realms, where nothing can get at us, Nothing can, nothing can get, nothing can steal from me what God's given to me. Um, I have a wonderful wife and two beautiful daughters, and I, I love them to bits. But if I were to lose them, nothing's changed. Because ultimately, I know that I am with God for eternity. I know that all that matters in those relationships, all that matters in that, is safe in him. Um, and... The beauty and what God calls us to is to, to look at that grace and to know where we stand. Um, Jesus says that for those who um, follow him um, the, and, and give up in our lives for, for his sake and for the sake of the gospel, we'll receive a hundredfold as much in this life and the next and the, and the age to come. Um, and this is what he's getting at. And, and I, I, I'm, 
if there are things like that that you're thinking, oh, I wish I had this or I, I, I'm longing for this, let's, let's pray about it. Get together with brothers and sisters in Christ and, and ask God for those things because he's a good God who gives us what we need. Um, but also look to the age to come and look to where grace points us to and look to the one who gives us that grace. Um, that's where ultimately we stand. Um, and, and that's what grace does. If, if God offers us this gift that all that matters is safe, um, God does that because grace shows us who he is. Um, grace, God wants us to know um, who he is. Formatting has not quite worked there, but these are all words that I've just fl- nicked out of the passage. Um, because of his great love for us, God who's rich in mercy. Um, these are characteristic. God, our God is kind. He's so, so kind. And actually, so when I was, when I, was uh, I finished school um, and I had a bit of a gap year before university and I... Um, Think back on that as the time where I first really understood God's grace. I was like, uh, lived for God, was a Christian, loved him. Um, but I'd lived like that for years without really understanding God's grace. And I'd got into a pattern of trying to prove myself to God, trying to kind of retrospectively say, God, I know you saved me, but it was worth it because I can do X, Y, and Z for you. Um, and I'm sure that's something that many of us have experienced or felt at times before. Um, and God in that gap year did a wonderful thing. Um, he showed me his grace. He showed me that um, I couldn't earn it, so we're going to go on and talk about. Um, and he showed me who he was. And when I think back to it, I don't actually think about grace. What, what stands out in my mind and my heart is that I, I discovered a little bit more of who God is. Um, he was my father. He was, he was my, my dad. Um, and, and that started a depth in our relationship, my relationship with him, that I haven't gone back on. It doesn't mean I've not, I've not done, made that same mistake. There have been many times where I've gone back to trying to earn it. But I discovered something about him because of his grace. I discovered that he loved me and that I belonged to him. Um, and that's what, he invites us, um, that's what he invites us to. It's by his intention. He wants the world to know him and know who he is because of what he's done for us, because of the grace he gives us. Um, if you go to the next slide, the... The, the, the verse there that talks about us being seated with Christ, it says, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. I don't know if you know that passage where Jesus, after he's died on the cross um, to, to buy us the right for this grace, um, and then he's raised from the dead. He comes into a locked room with his disciples. It's just him and them. Um, and he shows them the holes in his hands and feet. Um, he shows them uh, the hole in his side. And I'm always baffled. I, for a long time, I was baffled by thinking, why, why would Jesus have these holes? This is his new resurrection body, glorious and ascended. Why would he have holes? Well, surely, if you're going to get a new body, you get rid of the, the, the scars. Um, but for, that, for Jesus, those scars on his hands and his feet are badges of honor. They're something that he gets to say, look what I did for humanity. Look what I've done. Look where I rescued them from. Um, and, and that's who he is. We, walking and talking on this earth, get to be Jesus' badge of honor. Because people can look at us and say, oh, there's something different about you. Or, what, what is it you're living for? And how does that... And Jesus says, yeah, they're living for me. And they're rescuing. They're, they're alive because of me. Otherwise, they'd just be like that dead camel. Um, we are made alive, and we get to be his badge of honor. 
And I, I love that. And, and in 10,000 years' time, when we're with him in eternity, a million years' time, when the powers and the angels are looking at the redeemed humans and going, isn't he kind? Isn't God good that he would do that for these people? We get to be that badge on, and nobody else gets the privilege of carrying around that badge, um, pointing to Jesus and saying, isn't he good? Um, and that badge is one that belongs to him. It's not one that belongs to us. Grace isn't earned. It's not something that we can look at and say, look, I've done this. And, and this is far more than just a transactional thing. It's for God's glory. It's not for ours. Um, the, if you flip flash up the next one, Pete. We, we so quickly, like in my story just there, go back to trying to earn it. Um, and I put a pile of cash on the photo there. But I don't think we really think like that. We don't think, oh, if I had, if I had 10,000 pounds and I'd be able to you know, earn God's grace. Um, Andy was telling us last week in the story about William Tyndale how the church at the time had so deviated from the gospel that's in the Bible um, that they were saying, oh, yeah, if you pay us some money, calling it indulgences, then your sins are forgiven. That's earned grace, and that, that's not what God's on about. And this is the wonder um, of what God is in God's Bible. He wants us to understand that we can't earn that because it's his badge of honor. It's not ours. Um, it's by grace you've been saved, through faith. It's not from yourselves. It's the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. That boast belongs to God. Um, I, we do this in all sorts of ways, don't we? We, we, we maybe we think, oh, you know what, if I, if I could, if I serve well at church, or if I put a bit more money in the offering basket, or, or if I'm kind to that person over there, if I, if I step in and do this, then God will like me, or God will, or maybe if, if people at church think, think I'm a really good person, then, then God will agree with them. Um, there's all sorts of little ways that, that Satan tries to trick us into earning and, and making it about us and not about him. Um, and it just doesn't work. That's not who he is. It's not what grace is. And that's why it's safe. Because if it depends on me, it's not safe. It can be stolen from me any minute. Um, but it depends on him, and it is utterly safe. All that matters is safe. Um, and that leads us to the last point. The grace is whole life. Um, if you put the next slide up. Um, God pours his grace on us. And out of the wonder of that and in worship to God, we then offer that grace to those around us. Um, Verse 10, we're God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God has prepared in advance for us. God wants us to go out and do, do good things. He wants us to go and do the things that maybe we would think, oh, I can try and earn grace for this. But he doesn't want us to do it to, to earn it, because um, it's not about us. He wants us to do it out of worship. Um, that, that, that pointing towards him that we just talked about a minute ago. Um, the idea is that we respond, it's an overflow. So as God's pouring his grace into us, we then pour it out to those around us. And that can look like lots of different things. Um, the passage there is, is, is kind of it's strong. It's implying that God has made us for doing these good works. He saved us so that we, it's almost this remaking, re renewing that God's done because he wants us to go out and do these good works. And they're things that actually he's planned in advance for us to do. Um, he sat there thinking, right, oh, I'm going to set up a random encounter here so that my child can go and bless that person. Um, these are things that he's planning for. They're not just things that, oh, we can do if we feel like it. Um, and it might be really small things in the day-to-day. -day. It might be um, 
like I said, showing random acts of kindness to a stranger um, that God said in advance for us to do. It might be um, a colleague needing some help um, at work and us you know, giving a bit of our time to, to serve them. It might be somebody in church needing somebody to pray with. It might be somebody needing some truth spoken to them. Or, or maybe it's a situation where actually you're in, you need to stand for integrity and not go along with the crowd and say, you know, this is wrong. I'm not going to go that way. These are all the overflow of God's grace into the rest of our lives. But it might also be big things. Um, and I don't want to shy away from, uh, from saying that because uh, God's grace inspires us to obedience. Um, if we receive it from God, um, we then, we, we're then listening to him and saying, okay, God, where do you want me to go? What do you want me to obey in? Um, and whilst that can be small things, God sometimes calls us to do really big things as well. That might mean giving a large sum of money away. Um, it might mean actually leaving the job that you're in and going into a new job or going in to um, serve the church or going into a new setting where God's calling you to. Um, it might mean um, moving to a different country to serve God in that place because you've heard God call you and you know, think, I have, I have to obey this. Um, but the beauty of grace is that all that matters is safe. God has paid one heck of a price for us. He's taken a big risk on us. And now we're safe. I can, I can lose anything I have in this earth and still be safe in him, which means that I can, I can take big risks back for God. Um, he invites me and he, and he wants me to take those risks for him and put my trust in his grace, not in my own self. Um, and, I, and I just encourage you, like, if there's things that God's kind of speaking to you about or God's put on your heart, like, be willing to risk for him. Um, he sees that, um, and, and he honors that, and he, and he leads us, and he's with us in the process, and it's not a smooth ride. Jesus calls us to, to give up for him and for the gospel, um, and that's the right response to grace, is to be willing to do that. We can't outgive our God. So I wonder where that leaves you. Do you want to put up the next? We've talked about these five different things. God rescuing us from death. God making us alive. God, God's grace revealing who he is. He wants to be known through his grace. The fact that it's given to us. It's not something we earn. And the fact that it's whole life. Maybe, maybe you, like I said at the beginning, you're thinking, oh, no, I'm not alive. I need God to rescue me. Thanks for listening. To explore this sermon or learn more about our church, please navigate to the links provided in this podcast description. From there, you can connect with us on social media. And you're welcome to check out the music links featured in this episode from our very own musicians. You can also discover current events and information about where we meet on Sundays and various groups or community projects that you can join in with. If you're interested in knowing more about us or wish to join us for one of our meetings, please reach out. Simply drop us an email at hello at ccm.org.uk. We look forward to connecting with you.